0: This program is sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out, ring it out, ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new, it will help them to be true. Ring it out, ring it out, ring it out, ring it out, ring out. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy, and I am the minister here with the North Valley Church of Christ. Man, the weather has been fantastic, hasn't it? Cooler weather. I'm putting on my jacket. I'm going to have to get my heavier jacket out now. I'm, I've been living in the Phoenix area for a long time, so when it gets in the 50s, even 40s, I, you know, the light jacket doesn't cut it. I need the thicker jacket. Maybe it's because I'm getting older. I don't know. But man, I'm enjoying it. And now we're on the, the week for Thanksgiving coming up this Thursday, the kids are off school, and it's wonderful. Very good. Okay, well, we're going to be taking a look at Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, verses 23 to 31. Is that right? Let me look at my verses here. Yeah, to 31. We're a little behind of what I'm doing on Monday night, the YouTube channel. And, And I like that better. And I do enjoy doing the radio, but one of the benefits of the YouTube channel is that I put my, um, I have Logos Bible software and I have just my Bible up and I have it where it's sharing half my screen is what I'm looking at on the Bible. I can scroll my Bible up and down so you can see where I'm at and read there with me. Uh, uh, Lord willing, you're able to do that also, uh, when you're at home, but I also know on the radio, a lot of people listen to this in the car, and we don't want you reading your Bible while you're driving. That's not good. So we're going to be looking at what's considered, or, or called by many, the Apostles' Prayer. This is um where the council, the Sanhedrin, had let Peter and John go, and these two apostles immediately sought out brothers in Christ. Here's what the verse says. Um... When they had been released, and in case you forgot, uh, they were the, the, the council there, they wanted them to stop preaching in the name of Jesus, especially about the resurrection, because of the Sadducees. They had nothing they could say about the man they had healed from the gate called Beautiful, who has been a lame for over 40 years. He was standing right there. They, they called it a noteworthy miracle. But they didn't want them to preach Jesus anymore. They were confounded by the words of Peter. But they had to release them. They had nothing they could uh, uh, get him on, finding no ba- basis to punish them. Verse 23. When they had been released, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. Okay. Now, the King James Version um, has their own company, whereas the NIV says their own people. The Revised Standard says their friends. <laughs> so everyone's a little differently, right? Uh, just the Greek text only just says their own. Everyone has a different idea of who did they go to. I think that the ones that Peter and John uh, went to were the other apostles. Although I bet you most people think it's just the other Christians. But at this point, <clears throat> excuse me. We read only of the apostles teaching and preaching. And so the council's threats applied directly to them. Also, those who prayed, down in verse 29 and 30, we'll look at that in a moment. They prayed, asked for boldness in speaking and and power, which to this point would be more applicable to the apostles. And I think you would agree. You got all these new Christians, one day, maybe two days old, but I think it's just one, one day, They're not ready to go out and preach. Number three, when the place was shaken there in verse 31, which we'll get to at the end of this, when it was shaken, those who were praying were filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately after, it is noted that the apostles had power in chapter 4, verse 33, chapter 5, verse 12. And then finally, when the council arrested some for disobeying this edict to stop preaching, That's chapter 5, verse 28. The ones they arrested were the apostles. Regardless of who the phrase their own companions referred to, chances are that's the apostles. But whoever it is, Peter and John, did have those to whom they could turn when Satan opposed them. But I think my arguments, or at least the argument for it being apostles, is very strong. That's the way I see it. Maybe you do, uh, can look at that, chew on that too. But I think that's who they went to. Now verse 24. So they, they've been released. They go to their own. And as we're working through the book of Acts, we're looking at the church, the growth of the church. We see that happening mainly because of the apostles. The apostles are making it happen. Verse 24, when they heard this, this is um, their own, when Peter and John came to their own, when they heard this, they lifted their voices to God with one accord and said, O Lord, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said, why did the Gentiles rage, and the peoples devise futile things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servants, your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur, and now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bond servants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So that's what they said, the, the, the whole group. That does not sound like uh, some uh, Jews who were just recently baptized into Christ, does it? Those who just came to a realization of who Jesus was. This sounds more like the apostles speaking. That's who it's got to be, I think. Now, here in verse 24, Peter and John had uh, another source of strength. Uh, if the apostles had been like us, verse 24, they might have begun. And when they heard this, they were deeply depressed. We knew this would happen, oh, right? But that didn't happen. They lifted their voices to God. Uh, although the text says they lifted their voice, probably the usual procedure was followed by one person voicing it. But I, I, won't, I won't get into all that. And they, they lift their voice to God. They give him the, the praise. They recognize this is all because of him. He is with them. With them. He is the great creator of all things. <clears throat> Verse 25 and 26, God's control over the specific situation the apostles face emphasizes these, these next few verses. And he talks about uh, what the servant David had said. God had spoken by the Holy Spirit. There's that phrase again, Holy Spirit, through the mouth of our father David, your servant. So this is another important uh, reference to an inspiration. He received this, David received it from God by the Holy Spirit. It was revealed to David. It was miraculous to him. Um. This is from Psalm, the second Psalm, and in this particular Psalm, David says, "You know, why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples devise futile things, uh, what, what else and what forth?" The, in other words, it's God knew, God knew this would happen. Even uh, he he mentions it there in Psalm chapter two, uh, verse twenty-seven. Here of Acts, for truly in this city there were gathered against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. Herod, Pontius Pilate, the Gentiles, the people of Israel, everybody. To do, verse 28 is the key, to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. In other words, God knew that this was going to happen. God knew this. This wasn't some accident. I know I harp on this a lot, but there's so many people in this world believe in what it is called premillennialism. Premillennialism is the belief, and this, this is in, in, in just re- real quick. I'm not giving getting into too much depth on this, but it is the belief that when Jesus came to Earth, He came to establish His kingdom on Earth, just like the apostles and the Jews believed. Not the apostles, but at the time it was just disciples. They hadn't been sent out yet. Acts chapter one. Is it now that you will? Establish your kingdom on earth? No. Or to Israel? No. They, that, that's not it. His kingdom was already established, or it is established in the hearts of men. But premillennialism believed that that's what Jesus wanted to actually establish a kingdom on earth. But Jesus and God did not foresee the rejection of Jesus, that the people would reject him and kill him. Didn't see it. And so, as a stopgap, until he came back to establish the kingdom on earth, he gave us the church. It was a stopgap. It was unforeseen. But that's not what the uh, scriptures teach us. The, the prophets all saw this coming. Like a lamb led the slaughter in the book of Isaiah. He knew. Here in Acts chapter 4, verse 28, to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. In other words, he, he knew this was going to happen before it happened. God knew and allowed it because this was the purpose. And the kingdom is not a physical kingdom. It is not of this world as Jesus told Pontius Pilate. It is not of this world. It is spiritual. It is no longer going to be done in Jerusalem but on the level of our heart. That's where God wants to change us. From the inside out. Pre-millennialism is not true. Jesus is not going to come back and set foot on this earth again. When he comes, he'll be in the air. And then he'll send his angels and take all those of his up into the air to him, and then we leave. That's it. And it's going to be in a twinkle of an eye and instantaneous. It's going to happen so quick. So again, verse 28, anyone who believes in pre Premillennialism, you're gonna to to struggle with passages like this, especially if it's you're forced to keep it in context. Okay. So I'll get off that soapbox again. Hopefully I don't have to do it too often, but I just want us to know these things. Keep things in their context. Verse 29. They're continuing their prayer to the Lord. And now, Lord, take note of their threats. That's the council. And remember the council it, it, In this case, composed of many of those who sit on the seat of the the Sanhedrin, which would be just like our Supreme Court, or maybe you could say our Congress. Those who have law and they can really come after us. If they really wanted to take you down, boy, they could, right? Would you be scared to death if Congress called you in and you knew they were angry about the things you've been saying? Well, yeah, you should be, because they could destroy you. And so, that's who they were taking before. Take note of their threats, and grant that your bond servants, these are they are servants to the Lord. They've died the self, and they live for Christ. That your bond servants may speak your word with all confidence. That's the apostle speaking. Did Peter and John speak with confidence before them? They sure did. And if you remember the lesson from last week, uh, it confounded them. Uh, let me let me. Scroll back up there to uh, where they it's they saw this. Um, yeah, here it is. In verse 13, after Peter had given them the first reason, here's why I said what I said and did what I did. Verse 13, Now they, that's the council, observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men. That they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. Now, uh, if you were here last week, you're, you're going to get a little recap. But that is saying, it's not saying that they didn't know who these men were and they just now realized they were had been with Jesus. Not that at all. They knew who John and Peter were. If you want more specifics, go to the lesson from last week. But what it's saying is they, they recognize that, man, these guys are just like Jesus. They are running circles around us just like Jesus. We thought we had been... Uh, done away with that guy. We got rid of this problem, and now we got two others doing it just like Jesus did. And here the rest of the apostles, the other ten, are saying, Let us speak in the same confidence as Peter and John. And that's what they're praying for. Verse 30 While you extend your hand to heal, and signs and wonders take place through your name, uh, through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. What a great prayer. Did God answer it? And when they, verse 31, and when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Twelve little Jesuses running all over Jerusalem, confounding the council. Well, they, thought, they thought by killing Jesus, that was going to be it. They thought that was going to be it. But then, the, the body of Jesus, gone. They had to pay off the guards to, to make up a lie. Uh, uh, say that the uh, uh, the disciples stole the body. Well, we don't know what happened to it. <laughs> they didn't know. And now Peter and John were preaching Jesus and the resurrection in the temple. They they couldn't find a basis to, to uh, punish them, but they, they threatened them. You better stop preaching. And now, oh man, there's 12, 12 of them. And they're going to go out speaking with all boldness. And their last state is worse than the first for the council consider uh, concerning this matter. Okay, I want to look at that phrase, filled with the Holy Spirit. Probably means the same thing that it, it meant in verse 8 of the same chapter. In verse 8 it says, this is Peter, he was placed in the center there with the council, and he was uh, uh, asked about why he's teaching the way he does. Verse 8, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people. So he's filled with the Holy Spirit. It is the miraculous. That's where the Holy Spirit is telling him what to say. And I don't think, as some, some do, that the Holy Spirit is making Peter say these things. I think the Spirit is telling, putting it in his mind. It's not like a whisper where it's going, okay, Peter, say, uh, say this. I, I, Peter peter it's not like that i think he just puts it in his mind he just knows what to say and he knows that what he's about ready to say is from the lord i don't think he always knows that sometimes he doesn't even think about what he's saying himself because well but that's another matter we'll get into when we get to chapter 10 but he has a choice to say it but he is filled with the holy spirit and he's given the words to speak so i think it means the same thing here in verse 31 Simply meaning, under the control of the Spirit. uh, Control in the sense that his mind is given. I shouldn't say control. Let's take that back. I take that back. That the Holy Spirit gives him what he needs to say. And he can choose to say it if he wants to or not. But he he says it. If the group present was composed of others in addition to the apostles, the phrase is probably used in the uh, uh, non-miraculous sense to allow the Spirit to Well, yeah, something like that, but it's not. I think these are the apostles, and I think all that God is doing is he's giving them the boldness and the words to speak. And you can speak with boldness when you know the truth, when you have a firm, firm grasp on it. If you're you're unsure of what uh, you believe or what you say, and someone challenges you, you're going to clam up. You're not going to know what to say. But if you know your topic very well and you know the context and you understand the passage and someone is saying, oh, that's not true, even though you know it is true, you are much more confident to say the words that need to be said because you know. Just like the apostles, they know and so they can and they will speak with all boldness because we're going to see them do that uh, in the next chapter. Uh, and and later on here as well, and so the the apostles are growing. The councils trying to stop it, but all they're doing is causing them to grow more and more. So instead of just the two Peter and John, all twelve are going to go. Uh, we're going to see here at the end of the chapter as we're going to get to that next because we're trying to catch up to Monday night. That this is going to to spread. Uh, they're going to have a time of, of peace, but after this. You know, they're going to uh, attack, uh, arrest uh, Peter and John and some of the apostles uh, again. They're going to beat them, and they're not going to be able to stop it. They're going to have to deal with Stephen, and so they're going to send Saul. Saul going to uh, persecute them as well, and then he becomes a, a Christian looking just like Jesus. It's the ne- next thing the council knows, they got Jesuses all over the city, <laughs> and they're spreading out. They're not dispersing and clamming up and being quiet. They're spreading out and preaching. <laughs> and it just all backfires on them. And they don't understand why. The reason why is cuz they know. They have the truth. And when you do when you have the truth, you can't help but speak it. Just like Jeremiah does and he talks about in uh, the book of Jeremiah. Okay, let's get over to verses 32 to 37. This is a passage uh, commonly I um maybe maybe not commonly. I'll take that back. Some like to say, well, here's where communism is, and the Bible pushes communism. No, <laughs> that is not true. We don't know all the details here. Luke is only giving us a few things because he's trying to lead his readers, lead you and me, to a certain point and a certain idea. I'm going to take a drink of my coffee. So let's read the passage. And the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and and soul. Now, let, let me stop there for a second. So, congregation is separate from those of verse 31. That's why he, he moves and specifically says congregation. The, the term here is the multitude. Plethos is the Greek word. And the multitude. He's he's saying that uh, that's not where Peter and John, where he had to bring them up, because now we're looking at the congregation, those who have been baptized in the Christ. So where he's moving on to something different. And the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was his own, but all things were common property to them. Sounds like communism to me. Well, first off, no, because there's no government making them do it, there's no law telling them to do it, there's no group saying you have to do it. They chose to do this, but what did they do exactly? We're not told. We're not given the details. The only details we're given is that those who believe, and if you believe, that means you're going to act on the word of Christ, they are of one heart and one soul, of one life. They are like one single entity, which is exactly what Jesus prayed would happen. that through the apostles, everyone would be of the same mind and heart. And it's true. They are. And they recognized that all that they had, you know, it was common. It was common property. It, it belonged to the Lord, They now belong to the church, and they want to use the things that the Lord had given them for the church. That's what they want to do. It's one body. And if your body is hurting in one spot, you're going to take care of it. The church takes care of its own. Let me say that again. (laughs) The church takes care of its own. Not everyone in the world. Not those outside the family. I'm not saying it's wrong. To help those in need when the need arises. But be careful with that. I think it is better to allow individuals to take care of those people who are in need individually. And allow the church to take care of the church. Okay? That's what I think. Um, that's just my opinion on that. I think we are way too uh, quick to buy things for people out there in the world. We should not be doing that. I have illustrations on that, but I don't have time. It's got a few minutes left. And so, in this case, they're not, they weren't selling everything they had, uh, as some people believe. And I can get into text on that more. In fact, I encourage you to look at the YouTube channel on that. Maybe I need to start linking that to—or it is linked. If you go to our website, www.nvcoc.net, you can find more information on that. So, verse 20, 33 uh, and with great power, the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and abundant grace was upon them all, for there was not a needy person among them. For all who were owners of land or houses would sell them and bring the proceeds of the sales. Not everybody, the, all, because we know not everyone was doing this. Uh, we know that. I think as the needs arose, people did this. And they weren't selling everything, just those things that the, uh, was needed. And they would take the money, they would lay it at the, the feet of the apostles. Uh, verse 35 and that the apostles would distribute to each as any had need. Now he brings this up because he wants to get to Joseph or Barnabas here in verses 36 and 37. He brings him up, I believe, so he can get to Ananias and Sapphira in the next chapter to look at one of the issues that are going to face that the church is going to face. So things are going well in the church. Verse 36: Joseph, a Levite, a cipher in birth, who was also called Barnabas by the apostles, which translated means "son of encouragement." And who owned a tract of land, interesting, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, it's interesting that he had a tract of land because he's a Levite. Levites didn't have land. Now, um, I don't have the passage in front of me. Again, I did this last night on the YouTube channel. But uh, who was it? Oh, it was Jeremiah. Jeremiah was told by God to buy land. And uh, In order to make an illustration to the people of Israel. But he bought an owned land. And his uncle, who was also a Levite, had an owned land. So interesting that this would happen. That you uh, that you do have Levites owning land. So apparently Barnabas also owned land. Was in Cyprus? We don't know. Maybe it was in Jerusalem. Whatever it was, he saw a need. He had this land that I guess he figured he didn't need it anymore. Sold it and brought the proceeds and laid it at the apostles' feet. It was his. He could do with it as he wanted. No one forced him to do this. Uh, Peter tells us in chapter 5 when he's talking to Ananias, While it, the land, remained unsold, did it not remain your, uh, your own? And after it was sold, was it not under your control? Why is it that you have conceived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. And what his lie was is that he wanted everyone to think that he was giving everything over to the Lord like Barnabas did. No, (laughs) that was a lie. He was trying to lift himself up in the eyes of others. That was a wrong attitude. And we'll get into that next week when we get, get to that passage. But here in our passage now, it's just to show the church and people's attitudes toward one another. They recognize that these things don't matter to them. They don't need these things. The greatest thing they had was the church and it was Christ. And they wanted to be uh, uh, everyone to, to have that. In in first thirty three, abundant grace was upon them all. I think that was the grace of God working through the, each other to one another. We were all looking like God, like Jesus. There, we had this hot, the same mind and heart of Him. That's what God wants. We had that divine nature, and it was beautiful. But not everyone had it. Not everyone. And we'll be looking at that in chapter 5. And that's the New Testament church I want to be, and I hope you do too. Well, that's all we have for today. Thank you for being with me. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. May the Lord bless you in all that you do. Thank you, and goodbye. it 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 This program was sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. To hear this program again, go to FamilyValuesRadio1010.com and click on the podcast page and find this program and many others right there on FamilyValuesRadio1010.com.